You're listening to a sermon from Plus Life, a church that exists to see lives changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that you will be stirred in your heart and renewed in your mind as you hear the preaching of God's word today. Go ahead and tell someone the title of my sermon this morning, The Year of the Lord's Favor. You've got to be a little more excited than that, right? It's a year of the Lord's favor. This is uh, some good news. Of course, the new year is at hand. This is our last service of 2022. Can you believe how fast this past year has flown by? Lots of exciting stuff, of course, happened in our midst, in our church. We, th- do you remember that this is the year that we moved services to the mornings? right? It's, it seems like it's been a while, but it's, it was this year that we moved uh, to those services in the mornings. And, and of course, we started this past year our, our, the children's ministry. We had a couple of additions to our, our church family, some more kids uh, popping up everywhere. And so we are definitely excited for what God has been doing. Uh, just a couple more highlights from this past year. This past year, uh, our, our Easter service this past year, we saw the biggest or the largest attendance that we've ever seen in our Plus Life community. I think close to 100 or maybe around 100 people attended that service. Of course, we also saw a couple of our members getting married this past year. We had three weddings this past year. Really busy year for weddings. And uh, and then in addition to that, we finally introduced church membership. We inducted a bunch of new members to our community this past year. And then we also moved to affiliate with Feb Central, the Fellowship of Evangelical Baptists. And we're excited for that process and how that's going to uh, look like in the new year and what that, that opportunity is going to bring. And in addition to that, of course, we, we had our Operation Christmas Child. We, we did more boxes than we did the previous year. We continued our partnership with the Pregnancy Care Center. All of these exciting things that, were, that has happened to our church this past year that we can praise and thank God for. Amen. Now, there is a sense of energy and life and excitement that's, that's been, that I'm feeling, that I'm, that, I'm, that I'm taking in. And especially after, if you remember, just, this pre, just the previous years, we were all locked down, right? We're in the pandemic. And, and so this past year has been sort of like a resurgence of life in our church community that, that we should be thanking God for. Um, and I cannot wait to see what God's going to do in 2023. All the, all the things that we're planning, all the things that we were discussing to, to bring our church community to a deeper faith, to grow our church community in, in exponential ways, and, and all, of course, all by the grace of God. Now, as always, before we get to 2023, we, we had the final sermon of the year. And as per every year, I always often, I always ask God for a specific word to give to our people as we enter into the new year. And the word that the Lord gave me for this, for this sermon, for us uh, going into 2023, is the year of the Lord's favor. The year of the Lord's favor. And it's a very much a New Year's type of word, is it not, right? Oftentimes, you, this is probably something that we pray for, something that we expect, something that we hope for, uh, a year of the Lord's favor, a year of, of blessings, of prosperity, of, of new victories and new mountains to climb and new, new, new obstacles to conquer. No doubt many churches this weekend will proclaim 2023 as the year of the Lord's favor. 
So I thought, great, perfect, this is the perfect word for our, our church community entering into 2023. Again, exciting things planned and, and things hoped for. And of course, not just for our church, but I'm sure for each and every one of you individually. There's probably things that you're planning for, probably uh, maybe job opportunities that you're looking towards, maybe, maybe relationship opportunities, every, everything. There's probably a lot of possibilities, a lot of goals and dreams that you're hoping to have in 2023. And so again, who doesn't want a year of the Lord's favor? But as I, it's funny because as I started reading and studying our passage, where this, where this word comes from, the context of it, I was very much reminded and convicted of some hard truths regarding the Lord's favor and what it entails. I feel, and I would actually feel disingenuous if I did not remind you of these truths as well and simply just preach to you some sort of triumphant, victorious message as we enter into, as we march into the new year. If, if I did that, we would miss the point. We would miss the point of, uh, similar to the Jews in our passage, we would miss the point of what it means to experience the favor of the Lord. We can charge into the new year with the same mentality, as, as the same heart as the, as the Jews of our passage, expecting a year of the Lord's goodness and blessings and prosperity, yet miss entirely what the favor of the Lord entails, what it, the favor of the Lord means. And as a result, we can be like these Jews in our passage when, when, when we don't get what we want. When we don't get what, that prosperity, that blessing, that favor that we are expecting from this promise. Look at our passage, right? It begins with Jesus, this mission statement that Jesus makes. Again, the, the, the passage from Isaiah 61 that he reads out to the people. It says in verse 22 that the people were happy. It says, all spoke well of him and marveled the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. But somewhere between verse 22 and verse 28, something flipped Something changed. Verse 28, it says, When they heard these things, all in the synagogue was filled with wrath. Jesus went from being praised to being hated. The crowd went from a, a, a crowd that was marveling at his words to an angry mob, even to the extent where they wanted to throw Jesus off a cliff. All because Jesus proclaimed the year of the Lord's Favor, but it wasn't, it wasn't the kind of favor that the people were expecting, that people were asking for. And so my hope for us this morning as we end 2022 for us, is for us to experience the favor of the Lord indeed, but not, not, not set for ourselves disappointments, a, a, a level of disappointment, not, not uh, have skewed expectations of what the favor of the Lord entails. Not to have unbiblical expectations and, and like the Jews of our passage, completely miss what the favor of the Lord actually is. My hope for us is to really come to understand, truly rejoice over the favor of God, the grace that we experience from God already and be reminded of what it truly means to have a year of the Lord's favor. So, so that come what may, so that come whatever happens in 2023, we won't become the angry mob in our passage. All because we don't get what, what we ask for. 
Oh, because we, the way that God shows up is not the way that we want him to show up. So let's jump into our scripture and really try to understand what the favor of the Lord means, what it, it entails. For the last time of 2022, everyone say, jump for me. Amen. So what happened in our passage? Again, the people started praising Jesus, they marveling at his words, and then turns into an angry mob. Well, let's put in some context here. First and foremost, this, this incident takes place closer to the early parts of Jesus' earthly ministry. Beginning in uh, the beginning part of chapter 4, in Luke chapter 4, is we know is a temptation of Jesus. Right after Jesus was baptized, he gets driven into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by the enemy. After the temptation, Jesus was busy. We read in the Gospel of John that he goes about doing various kinds of ministries and, and, and miracles, preaching various sermons as well. That's the, in between, um, in between this, the temptation of Jesus and our incident in our passage, Jesus did the, the miracle of turning water into wine. He drove out the, the, the merchants from the temple. He healed the paralytics. He cast out demons. He preached the gospel and so by the time it gets to our passage, there's some time that's already been taking place. In verse 14 of Luke chapter 4, if you want to just look up a couple of verses up, it says, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went out through all the surrounding country. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So by the time six, verse 16 comes along, our passage comes along, Jesus was already popular. So much so that they were, they, so much so that people uh, were are hearing rumors about Jesus being the Messiah, and now here was Jesus coming back to his hometown of Nazareth. In verse, it's verse sixteen. Look at that with me. Let's review that again. It says, and he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as it was now as, as it was custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where he, it was written. So again, this passage that he's about to read is from Isaiah 61, the first couple of verses of that passage. And what it says follows this, or this is what it says as follows. Verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now what's interesting is that Jesus stops right at the end of, of uh, verse 2 of Isaiah 61. In fact, he skips out the entire passage where it says, and the day of, the ve uh, and the day of vengeance of the Lord, or the vengeance, the day of vengeance of the Lord, and to comfort all who mourn. And that's specifically to declare that this first part of Isaiah 61 is him fulfilling it in his first advent, his first coming. The, the, the day of vengeance of the Lord is to fulfill is to be fulfilled in his second coming. Now, what's interesting, so what's happened here is Jesus has come home, the, the local hometown hero, if you want to call it that way. And they ask him to be this guest speaker at the synagogue. He reads this passage from Isaiah, this great, his great mission statement as the Messiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And then in verse 20, it says, He rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. Oftentimes, after a rabbi would read from the scroll in the synagogue, they would sit down to do the, to do the teaching portion of, of their service, of their ministry. It goes on to say, And the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed on him. 
So he goes on to say in verse 21, and he began to say to them, today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. This is great news if you're a person in Nazareth, if you're a person hearing this. He's saying, this scripture that I just read from the prophet Isaiah, this is the year of the Lord's favor. This is the year that all of that is going to come to pass. All the promises that the prophet spoke about, this, it's, it's going to be fulfilled this year. Good news to the poor, liberty to captives, healing to the blind, liberty to the oppressed, scripture fulfilled. How would you feel if you heard that this morning? If you were told that everything, all your goals, every dream, every expectation that you have for 2023 is going to be fulfilled. That's exciting, right? It's like, let's go, right? That new car that I was hoping for, let's go. That maybe that bigger house, maybe that, that, that better job, maybe that vacation, finally. All of it's going to be fulfilled. Imagine if you heard that. That's why in verse 22, the people, it says, and all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. They were so happy that Jesus said, yes, we heard, we heard, first and foremost, they heard rumors that he was the Messiah, that he performed all these miracles, and now he's saying that this is, in fact, the year of the Lord's favor. And they even take it to the next step, right? He, it says in verse 22, at the end of verse 22, it says, and they said, is not this Joseph's son? They're saying, he's one of us, Right? Isn't he, isn't he a Nazarene like us? Hey, I knew his father. Hey, I grew up with Jesus, right? We grew up together. I was, I was the one who, who, who walked him down the street when he was just a toddler, right? They were sort of riding the coattails, the, the wave of this, of this popularity and this, this excitement that Jesus was bringing into Nazareth. That was uh, maybe some perspective here, right? The, the, the city of Nazareth, well, more like a town, only had a population of 400 in Jesus' day. So everyone knew everyone. Imagine if, if someone you knew from your small town left, became widely popular. Everyone said it started declaring that he's the Messiah, the coming king, and then he comes home saying, this is the year of the Lord's favor. The expectation was that... Uh, because, because Jesus was one of them, one of their own, that the glory of the Messiah, the kingdom of the Messiah, would come to Nazareth first. He's back home, declaring the fulfillment of Scripture to his own people. The expectation was that they would get the first taste of the, of the year of the Lord's favor. To be liberated first from Rome, to, to receive healing for the blind first. Obviously, it would be Nazareth, the people that he grew up with, his friends that he grew up with. The Messiah came from Nazareth, and the expectation was that the Nazarenes would be the first to experience all his glory and his kingdom. But then Jesus subverts their expectation. Verse 23, he says, And he said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Physician, heal yourself. What we have heard you did at Capernaum do here in your hometown as well. It's interesting that what Jesus is saying here in terms of physician, heal, heal yourself. This is, he, he, he's quoting this proverb to say that what these people are thinking. You're part of us. 
You're part of our community, so heal yourself. Bring the glory to yourself first, to, to your community first. But then this is where they, the, the attitude changes, where it, it shifts. In verse 25, look at this. But in truth, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heavens were shut up three years and six months, and a great famine came over all the, the land. And Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. And then again in verse 28, when they heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath. What happened? Everything was going well. And then it seems like Jesus, at face value, Jesus just quoted scripture, right? He just retold the history of what happened with Elijah and what happened with Elisha. But for some reason, it made the people mad. What happened there? How, how did they understand it? Well, what did Jesus say? He said, many widows in Israel, there was many widows in Israel during Elijah's day, but only the widow at Zarephath Got the, got the blessing from the Lord. Many lepers, during Israel, many lepers in Israel during Elisha's time, but only Naaman the Syrian got the blessing, the favor from the Lord. All factual events. But what was the commonality between the widow and Naaman? Both were Gentiles. Here's the point. This is what made them mad. This is what made the people mad. The same way that the favor of the Lord passed over Israel in the days of Elijah and Elisha and instead went to the Gentiles, the year of the Lord's favor that Jesus just pronounced, that that Jesus just declared in Nazareth would pass over Nazareth and instead be given over to the Gentiles. The Jews expected that the glory, that the favor of the Lord would come to them all because they knew Jesus all because they were Jews. And here was Jesus saying, you will not see the Lord's favor this year. You will not experience it. You will not be liberated. You will not experience healing. You will not be freed. Instead, it's going to go to the Gentiles. No wonder they were mad, right? And then again, in verse 28, it says, uh, when they heard these things, all in the synagogue were filled with wrath and they rose up. And drove him out of town and brought him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built so that they could throw him down the cliff. That's how angry they were. Passing through their midst, he went away. They were expecting Jesus to show them wonders and miracles. Expecting to, again, ride the coattails of his glory uh, to, 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 to usher in the messianic kingdom alongside of this Jesus. But Jesus said, no, this is the year of the Lord's favor, but not for you. Why? Why did, they say, why did he say this? Because they thought, again, that just because Jesus had grown up in their hometown, in Nazareth, just because they knew Jesus, just because they knew Jesus' earthly father, Joseph, that they deserved God's favor, that they were entitled to the favor of the Lord. That they earned the right, that they, they, that they deserved the favor of the Lord, the blessing, the prosperity of the Lord, the kingdom of the Messiah, 
But that's not what the Bible tells us, right? The Bible says that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Paul says very clearly and plainly in Romans chapter 3, verse 9 to 10, What then? Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, all under sin, as it is written, none is righteous, no, not one. What the Nazarenes failed to understand is they were no more deserving of God's favor and grace and blessings and goodness than the Gentiles were. That just as much as they were expecting the Messiah to come to, to, to punish the Gentiles, to punish sin, that they too were under that same judgment. And, and even us believers in our in, in going in 2022, going to 2023, we too can sometimes fail to understand that the year of the Lord's favor is never deserved. It's not to be expected. We have no entitlement to it. We have no right to claim it. We have not earned it. But 2022 was so bad, right? I deserve a better year. We don't deserve anything. Here's the first truth that we can glean from our passage. Listen, the Lord's favor is never earned. The Lord's favor is never earned. The Jews of Jesus' hometown thought they deserved the favor of the Lord, the blessing and the prosperity and the goodness of God simply because Jesus was from there, their hometown. But going deeper than that, they, they believed that they deserved the favor of the Lord because they were Jews, the chosen people, the faithful few. They're the ones who were oppressed by the Roman, uh, the Roman powers. They believed that they earned the Lord's favor. But again, it cannot be earned. It can't be. Unless it stops being grace. Unless it stops being a gift, a gift of mercy. And it becomes more so of a, a work, of a payment. Something that God owes us. And that just doesn't make sense. The holy, holy God owing something to a sinful, wretched, rebellious, disobedient people? That doesn't make sense. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 9, the great passage verses of, of the Reformation says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. Boasting, meaning no one can say that they earned it. No one can say that they deserved it. No one can say that they have been a good boy or a good girl all year, and that's why we deserve the Lord's favor. The reality is for 2023, 2023 we have not earned a year of the Lord's favor. Whether we are a believer or an unbeliever, good or bad this past year, experienced valleys or mountaintops in 2022, we can do nothing, have done nothing to earn God's favor in 2023. I mean, think about it, even as believers, right? Have you been faithful to God all year? Consistent in your devotional life? Consistent in your prayer life. 
consistent in your giving, in your church attendance even? How's your private faith look like this past year? Your thoughts, your desires, your pursuits, your goals in 2022, even your goals and and dreams for 2023, are they all perfectly in line with the will and purposes of God that you think you deserve a favorable year of the Lord in 2023? I know I, I can't say that. So how can I expect, how can I even demand a year of the Lord's favor? And listen, I understand what I'm trying to say here, right? I'm not trying to beat you down before we enter, the, enter into the new year, right? I'm trying to change our perspective. I'm trying to change our expectation for, the, for 2023. Instead of entering the new year like, uh, as if we earned a good year, Marching into the new year as if we are going to triumphantly receive all the blessings and prosperity of God. Why don't we enter it with much humility? To recognize that the triumphs and the blessings and the prosperity of this past year was all from the grace of God. And to succeed and to survive in the new year that we once again desperately need the favor of the Lord. Not earned, not merited, but simply just the mercies of God. Throwing ourselves to the mercies of God for the new year. This is what the Jews missed in our passage, what they failed to realize, that they too needed healing. That they too needed liberating. liberating, That they too did not deserve the favor of the Lord. The favor of the Lord is never earned. The second truth that we can glean from our passage is that the Lord's favor is never what we expect. The Lord's favor is never what we expect. The Jews were expecting the favor of the Lord to come in the form of liberation from the Roman Empire. That the the new messianic kingdom would come. A new Davidic kingdom of Israel would come. What happened instead? Jesus brought liberation, not from Rome, but from sin. Jesus didn't bring a new Israeli kingdom. He brought the kingdom of heaven. The year of the Lord's favor was not what they expected. In fact, everything Jesus read in that passage from Isaiah 61, and everything that he claimed he was fulfilling, was not based on anything material. Was not meant. Was was all meant to be spiritual in nature, to proclaim good news to the poor, those who are spiritually bankrupt, proclaim liberty to the captives, those who are slaves to sin, recovering of sight to the blind, those who those who need spiritual illumination, liberty though liberty those who are to to those who are oppressed, oppressed by sin and darkness and the enemy. We know that everything that Jesus read from Isaiah 61 was meant to be a spiritual promise. Because even in the original passage in Isaiah 61, it goes on to read, Isaiah 61 verse 2 to 3, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that, he, 
may be glorified. The promise in Isaiah is not for a worldly or a material renewal, revival, liberation. No, it's all spiritual. The Jews failed to see that because they were too caught up in what they thought Jesus was going to be, what they wanted Jesus to be, what they wanted Jesus to bring and bless them with. They didn't see how God was actually blessing. They didn't see what God was actually doing. They were so caught up in what they wanted, but didn't see what they actually needed. And in the same way, we too, as we enter into this new year, we, we can have all these great expectations, these great goals and dreams of how we want God to bless us and how we want God to show up in our lives and to show us his favor. Lord, get me this job. Lord, Lord, provide for me in this way. Open these doors for me. Bless me like this. Do this for me. We get so caught up in the things that we want and our expectations of how God should move, ought to move in our lives, that we fail to see how God actually is moving. But if God wants to demonstrate his favor to you in 2023 differently than your expectations? What if God's favor for you in the new year is not to keep you from trial, but to preserve you in the midst of trial? What if God's favor in the new year is not to give you a new job or a new relationship or a new house or more money, but to give you discipline to steward the things that you already have? What if God's favor is not to heal you from sickness, but to grow your faith through that sickness? You know, I'm not saying that God can't or that he won't bless us materially or financially or open doors to us or give us new jobs or, or give us good things. I'm not saying that. In fact, we know in Scripture that Jesus says to us to not be anxious because the Father in heaven knows that we need these things. But if God wills, he can. If God wills to show us favor in that specific way, he can. but it's not always going to come in the way that we expected. Simply because, as Isaiah says in Isaiah 55, that his thoughts are not our thoughts, that his ways are not our ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Don't be surprised if the way in which God blesses you this year requires hardship. Remember Joseph's story in Genesis? God needed to save his people from a famine. So he orchestrated this whole event where Joseph had to be traded into slavery, go to prison, eventually become second in Egypt, second to the Pharaoh in Egypt, all to save his people. Remember in the Old Testament, God promises Moses and the people of Israel a promised land. Promise Abraham a promised land. Doesn't tell them that the, that the people had to subdue it as well. Don't be surprised if the way in which God delivers you from the fiery furnace is to deliver you through it. So what can we expect then? We can't ex- well, the reality is we can't expect everything to be good this coming year. 
but we can expect that God will work it out for good. Romans 8.28. This should be a key verse in your faith. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. Not everything will be good, but everything will work together for good. Another great verse is in James, where he says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, from whom there is no variation due to change. I love that passage because it, also, it, it almost sounds redundant. Every good gift and every perfect gift, aren't those two the same thing? In the original Greek, however, uh, when he mentions the word good, it's things that are inherently good. Inherently good. Children are good. Relationships are good. Food in your bellies are good. But everything perfect, the word there in the ancients, in the ancient Greek for perfect, refers to something that is being made good. That is not inherently good, but maybe even inherently bad, but being made to be good. And even that is from the Lord. And then while we're, while we're waiting for, that, for, for, while we're waiting for that, that thing to become good, here's the final truth that we can glean from our passage. Final truth that we can expect for the new year. The Lord's favor is always enough. The Lord's favor is always enough. The Jews in their desire to receive whatever it is that they interpreted the Lord's favor to be, liberation from Rome, prosperity, a new kingdom, the Jews failed to see or even appreciate the favor that Christ was offering them that day. Liberation from sin, forgiveness of sin, healing from the effects of sin, freedom from the curse of sin, that should have been enough. That should have been everything to them. God's gift of salvation should have meant, should have been more to these Jews, but they were so focused on the material that the spiritual was cast aside. And same for us on the other side of the cross who, have, who, who has experienced the grace of God, who has, who has experienced the Lord's unmerited and undeserved favor, His grace, our salvation should be enough going into the new year. Our salvation, knowing that we have been forgiven of sin, freed from sin, that our eternity is secured, that should be enough going into the new year, even if we are not promised all the things that we want. Who else but those in Christ can triumphantly enter into the new year knowing that their sins have been forgiven? Who else but those in Christ can, can triumphantly march into 2023 into an insecure economy but know that eternity is secured for them? Who else but the church, the, the children of God can march into a hopeless and dead world knowing that their hope, our hope, is a living hope. Who else but the blood-bought believers can march into the new year to the unknown, fearless of what may come, 
and declare, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. No one else can say that. Who else but the children of God can triumphantly sing into the darkness of night? My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O oh my soul. It is well with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Listen, believer. You have already been afforded the wealth of heaven's favor by the remission of your sins through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Understand that. Everything else in this life is just bonus, right? You've already experienced the favor, the grace, and the mercy of God, the forgiveness of your sins. God's grace, His favor is enough. And as we enter into this new year and just close even our time here, the invitation for all of us, well, first and foremost, the invitation if you are an unbeliever, if you have yet to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Listen, the only favor that you need right now it's not some job. It's not some house. It's not more money. None of that. The only favor that you need right now from the Lord is the forgiveness of your sins. The only favor you need from the Lord right now, if you are an unbeliever, if you don't believe that you're a Christian, is to get right with the Lord. And I urge you to start the year right to repent of sin, to recognize that it is your sin that has separated you from a loving, holy God. But yet, even in your sin, that God already made a way so that you can be with Him. The only favor that you need in the new year, the only blessing that you need in the new year is to get right with God, the forgiveness of your sins. Secondly, if you are a believer, I encourage you, take the time before the, before the clock start, strikes 12 and we enter into 2023, take the time to thank the Lord, to praise God for all that He has done and all that He has accomplished this past year in 2022. Recognize that all of it is undeserved, unmerited, all from God's grace. Even the very breath in your lungs is from God's grace undeserved and unmerited favor. And lastly, if you are a believer going into 2023, my only encouragement for you, my only encouragement for you is to recall the year of the Lord's favor. Not expect it, but recall it. Recall the reality that you are saved. 
forgiven of sin. Recall the joy of your salvation. That you are entering into the new year free from sin. Free from from the, the, the punishment of sin, which is hell, death and the grave. Recall to mind the victory, the triumph that you have in Christ as you enter into the new year. The security you have for all eternity, despite whatever happens in 2023. Recall to mind how sufficient the grace of our Lord is. This is the year of the Lord's favor. It doesn't start in 2023. It happened 2,000 odd years ago on the cross of Jesus Christ. In an empty tomb. When Jesus rose from the grave and with his resurrection proclaimed that his, his payment for our sins was enough. And now we could receive the forgiveness of the Lord. The favor of the Lord. Let's pray. Well, Father, we are reminded, Lord, of your goodness and your faithfulness to us. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for our sins, took on the whole punishment of our sin, every Every bit of it, Lord. Past, present, and future sins. He took it all. And you showed us mercy, Lord. Showed us grace and love. Father, I pray that as we enter into this new year, that even if we don't get everything that we want, that we would rejoice and revel at the thought of our salvation in Christ. So Father, we would rejoice at the thought that even if the worst were to come, even if death were to come, that you have already conquered death. That you have promised in your word that you have already conquered this world. You have already overcome it. And in you, Lord Jesus, we also have the victory. So, Father God, I pray in this time for your people who are seeking your favor. The people who are looking for breakthrough. Whether it's breakthrough in from their sin whether it's breakthrough in their walk with you and their faith in you a deeper devotional life a deeper prayer life a clear perspective on what your will and purposes are for their lives I pray 
that it would start in recalling to mind what you have already afforded us by the cross. That it would start by recalling to mind the joy of our salvation. And from that, Lord God, let it be a wellspring of hope and joy, of confidence to face whatever may come. Lord God, you know the needs of every person in this room. You know the things that they are desperately crying out to you for. And Lord, I just, I pray for your favor. I pray for your blessing upon your people. For you to show up however way you want to show up in their lives this year. But let it be a year, oh God, of, of life change. Let it be a year, oh God, where we truly live out a life worthy of the gospel. As our vision as a church is to, to see lives changed by the gospel. That we would truly exemplify that vision into this new year. To exemplify lives that truly have been radically altered by the good news of Jesus Christ. That the way we talk, that the way we act, the way we behave, the way we plan and think about our future, the things that we pursue in life would be radically different from the world and be aligned with your will. Lord, we ask for your favor in this. We ask that it be a year Another year of your favor in our lives, oh God. Father, we humbly request these things of you, knowing that we don't deserve it, knowing that we have not earned it, but knowing that you are a good Father who gives good and perfect gifts to your children. So we trust and surrender our plans our hopes, our dreams, everything to you. We lay them all at your feet. We pray these things in Jesus, your mighty name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope that you were blessed by the sermon today. If you would like to learn about the gospel or know more about our church, please visit pluslifepeople.com. Remember to subscribe for more content. Until next time, stay blessed.